Hello and welcome to Jen's XYZ Podcast. This space is created for ethnical diverse content creators to discuss generational challenges, rivals, and breakdown. It is a safe space for voices to vibrate and collaborate while bridging the generational gaps with engaging dialogues on controversial topics, music, politics, religion, business, relationships, mental health, social justice, and equalities. We plan to have real talk to transform lives. So join us. I'm your host, Denise Hankson Lawrence, with Kelly, Danielle, Rachel, Robin, and Gabriel. So again, this is Jen's XYZ Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Robin back again. Welcome to Jen's XYZ podcast with all of us. Sister Denise, Gabe, Kelly, Danielle, Rachel, say hi. Hello. Hi everyone. Hey. Hey. So today's topic, I was just thinking, well, I've thought about this a few times. It's just like, why do parents lie to their kids? I know sometimes there's necessary lies, but there's some lies that were just like, why even say them at all? As like a really simple example would be like Santa Claus. We all know he does not exist. You can still have Christmas and incorporate him, but why make it so, to me, it's just like weird. Why am I telling my child that this old fat man is doing B and E, breaking and entering to give a gift that I worked my hard-earned money to give to you, but I'm giving credit to someone who don't exist. And then when they finally learn that he don't exist, they're traumatized. I've heard so many stories from people once they got older, they're like, I remember the day I learned Santa wasn't real. Why? That shouldn't be a traumatizing experience. We should be like, like there's certain things we shouldn't have to lie about so they're not traumatized about it later or like having the sex talk like I've heard people they're like oh yeah I had to talk and it went like this just like have normal conversations there's no reason to lie or omit and I think a lot of the times us adults like forget what it was like when we were kids and we hated how our parents or adults spoke to us in the first place about certain topics is like we're not stupid just give it to us straight if you have to say it a certain way so we understand use that tact that you learn to use with other adults and speak to us kids grasp things better than we think they do so but that was just my question I'm not a parent yet but just how my mom raised me she was very truthful she didn't hold back but yes she said things so I could understand but it was just like I didn't really have a trauma any traumatizing experiences where it's just like oh yeah my mom lied to me about that and now hey (laughs) I think about seeing the claws however many years later he was never real or the tooth fairy never took my tooth like stuff like that like why why are we lying to children about stuff like that and let me start off by saying, I believe that a lot of parents are, are dishonest with their children um, out of a necessity to preserve their um, innocence. So like the tooth fairy and Santa Claus, like we know that it's not real, but we 
well, parents perpetuate the idea that they're real because of what we learn at school. Well, not we, because, you know, in Jamaica, we're not deal with the yeah, food theory do and uh, the Santa Claus. Mm-mm. You're going to say, your mother buy this, go down a town, go buy this for you, and you're going to wear it or you're going to use it because of me exactly. spending my hard-earned money. Exactly. That is what we do and that is what we say. And now you so, know the value of a dollar. And exactly. <laughs> So we're not talking about Santa Claus and uh, Tooth Fairy. So none of my friends have those traumatizing or memorable moments of, of knowing that Santa Claus did, um, doesn't exist. However, I do know that there are some lies that parents tell to, you know, protect their children. Sometimes even some situations with family members, um, they don't really tell you the full, the, the full truth of the story because they don't believe that you can handle it. But I think that in the past, especially in their age group, they did not have access to the amounts of resources that we have now, um, and definitely children now, because even thinking about my younger cousins, because out of my, my immediate family is mainly my father's side, so the, my cousins are like, the oldest one is like, I think probably 12 by now, so we have a Okay, um, I'm gonna piggyback on until Danielle gets back into that. Um, but for me as a parent, <laughs> um, I, I've never lied to my kids. I just tell them plain straightforward what it is. It is what it is. There's no Santa Claus here. No, we don't do that. We never did that. Um, and there's no tooth fairy, but I have a tooth fairy story to share. So I think it depends on the culture and the generation. So my brother that lives in Florida, um, that's my, on my dad's side, Robert, um, his daughter, I mean, I can say it now because she's 10, she figured it out. But I remember um, he had sent me a video where she had lost her tooth. And so um, she had lost her tooth and um, we were looking at the video and everything. And I, I thought of the idea. I was like, okay, I'm gonna be creative now. You know, my brother, I'm his only sibling. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be the auntie of the year. I'm getting the auntie of the year award. So I was very creative and I created this letter and it had the tooth fairy watermark in it. And I did all that. And I wrote a beautiful letter to her. Like I was the tooth fairy. And, um, um, I wrote a letter like I was a tooth fairy. So I sent this and I sent her $20. And I thought about it. And I remember I told Kayla, I was like, oh my gosh, I just did this beautiful thing as the best aunt ever, but I'm not going to get the credit. Some stupid tooth fairy is going to get the credit. <laughs> and <It's- laughs> it was he gave her the letter. And I remember in the video, I still have the video, I watch it all the time. And she was watching television and she's all easily distracted as I am. And um, she was watching television. He's like, come on, read the letter, read the letter. And she read the letter. It was beautifully written about, you know, the kind of individual she is and why the tooth fairy visited her and, you know, how she's changed people's life, even her young age. And I was sitting there watching this video. I was getting upset at myself for actually writing that dumb letter, right? I was like, this is my niece. And I was like, you know, you know, maybe, you know, her parents raise her this way. They talk about tooth fairy. So what am I going to invade, right? And I'm like, geez, Denise, you're supposed to be the auntie of the year and everything. And then I remember in the video, she turned around and she just started crying. And um, she said to her dad, she's like, 
I can't believe she said all these great things about me. And, and, and it's, and it's causing me to, to want to change people's life. And I was like, Oh man, I was like, one day I'm gonna pull that chick to the side and I'm gonna tell her who gave her that money (laughs) (laughs) because your auntie made you cry. Okay. With a beautiful letter about who you are. And I remember, um, just about a, a couple months ago, when she turned 10 last year, we were talking and she said it, she said something and she said, oh, come on, you know, Santa Claus is not real and neither is a tooth fairy. And I'm like, she's great. How am I going to tell this girl that? Yeah, tooth fairy wasn't real. It was me who sent the letter, but now I think she can handle it because I'm going to get my auntie of the year award. So I don't believe in lying because I need all the praise. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not telling my kids uh, about no birds and no bees. No, this is what happened. You have this and she has this. He has this and you have that. And we're going to talk about it. I'm just straight. Right. Have normal conversations so yeah. that way they're not string. Like when they go to school and then they find out later what it really is and they're way extra tempted to try it. <laughs> I know Danielle, I know Danielle had, um, um, was going to finish up what she had to say, but let me tell you something what I learned. So when I was going to, um, what we call that prep school in Jamaica, I was going to Our Lady of the Angels prep. And I used to go through this phase where people will tell me, oh, you're too Miss Goody Two Shoe and you know, you're perfect and you're this and you're that. And they would tell me that I'm not bad enough. So I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to stop being this Miss Goody Two Shoe and Miss Perfect and Miss whatever. So I decided I wanted to break out. And so they were playing spin the bottle and I wanted to try it. And my, my parents had told me a long time ago and people around my parents who were those other parents in the community mm-hmm. told me, they say, don't let a man touch your hand because if he touch you, you're going to get pregnant. And mm-hmm. so I stayed back at school to play spin the bottle. So they spin the bottle and the boy reached over and touched my hand. I ran to the principal's office and told him I was pregnant. See, that's traumatizing. Why you couldn't just tell them the truth? I ran to Sister Brown and said, Sister Clara, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. They call my father. They call everybody. Everybody coming to school like, what? How you know you're pregnant? Because we play spinner, but he touched my hand. They look at me like I was a dumb fool. This is a girl who won how much competitions. I was both an idiot and a fool at the same time. You hear me? That's how dumb this thing Because of a lie. Because, mm-hmm. because they told, but like Danielle said earlier, before she got cut off, that sometimes they tell you things because they want to protect you. But what are you protecting me from? You putting me out there looking like an idiot. Okay, go ahead, Danielle, finish what you were saying. Yes. Yeah, so before I was really interrupted by my substandard Wi-Fi, <laughs> um, I was saying that my cousins, right, who they're about less than a decade, a little less than a decade younger than I am. And what, there was a point in time where we were listening to the same music in terms of I, the same type of music I was listening to in high school, my cousin was listening to in prep school. And I'm just thinking, who told you all of this? <laughs> who gave you all of this? And a lot of things that parents don't understand is that the younger generation, especially the one below mine, is way, they have way more access. This is the thing called the internet. As much as them, they, they try to say, you know, keep your kids off the internet and try to monitor everything, there's no logical way that you can monitor every single thing that they see on the internet. Exactly. Because it's a very vast and wide space. 
And because of that, they will, whether you want to protect their innocence or not, they're going to see and hear about these same things that you're trying to protect them from. And the worst thing that you can allow to happen is for them to hear it from somebody other than you. Exactly. Because what's out there is not going to teach them morals. It's not going to teach them values. It's going to teach them get this while it's good. Take advantage of this while you're young. Try this. Try that. It gives you this feeling. It gives you that feeling. And because of curiosity, which you cannot blame them for, you cannot blame them for being curious. It's a part of the human mind. We are born to discover things. And because of that, they'll end up getting themselves without the proper guidance because you want to keep them innocent all days of their life. Without the proper guidance, it's almost impossible for them to make wholesome decisions. Right. So you have to be honest from the onset. You have, to be, you have to tell them about these things and not delve into the whole details and everything from them young and then you make them force ripe and all those stuff. But you have to know how to do these stages <laughs> so that they benefit progressively from the, the education that you have to give them because you know the family is the unit of each individual. So what you learn in your family is what you portray in the world. If you right. come from a messed up family, more than likely, if you are not that odd one out, you are going to portray what you learn in your home to the world. So it's very important that parents don't lie to your kids because trust me, it really messes them up and it causes them to even, when they discover these things, the, the conversation is not open enough for them to ask you about it because they feel like it's something wrong. Mm-hmm. they're going to feel like there's something wrong and they can't come to you about it and then they're getting this information from elsewhere and then they, because of their curiosity they want to discover it and then members end up mess up themselves so just be honest from the onset that's all i have to say yeah um oh this is a deep one <laughs> as a parent um my partner and i have just just a two-year-old and our parenting style is called conscious parenting. Um, and Denise, you sent a video <laughs> to the group today. And that was an example of conscious parenting, where um, basically what conscious parenting is parenting, understanding that children are also humans. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the disconnect. Like you're a child, so you're, you know, you're cut off from, the experiences that an adult should have. Children need to learn how to be adults and how they learn how to be adults is how you treat them when they're children. Giving them the chance to express their feeling, not, oh, you're around grown adults, you can't talk. Oh, I used to hate Man, listen. Girl. Listen. Ooh, my girl, girl. or big people I thought to them. Yeah, I didn't ask to be here. Children must be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Seen and but not I didn't heard. ask yes. to be here. Why you have me around all these adults? Don't bring me exactly. here. Don't want me to chime in. Exactly. So there's this like mindset that for some for some reason children are less than. If you've really been around children, they like, are so spent smart. a good amount of time with them. They understand the world way better than us super complicated adults understand you know what I'm saying so I think if parents really focus on being like okay you're also human you also have limits you also need to learn things in a in a healthy way I feel like it will just make the world a better place honestly and mm-hmm. never mind <laughs> go ahead girl. Um, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> 
as you spoke about conscious parenting yeah as you spoke about conscious parenting i'm sorry as you spoke about conscious parenting i thought about all those videos that i've seen on tiktok and even as not not even just knowing that your child is a human too but also teaching them about themselves and teaching them how to love themselves because especially since my generation and maybe i'm a bit too old but um that ge- we're we are that generation that really started a natural movement in terms of going back to your roots and seeing how gens y and z have really helped to push that it's really beautiful to see especially like parents teaching their i don't know if you guys remember when when beyonce dropped brown skin girl and you had all those videos of dads and moms singing to their dark skin natural hair children it was such a beautiful thing to see and i feel like those are the things that we need to be instilled in our children not just that you know you're an individual but that you are beautiful you are intelligent you are you you, you know you are filled with potential and that's something that we have to portray to our children as well um in addition to the other things that we do and there was something else that I had to say, but I can't remember it right now. So I'll let Gabe go. No, yeah, I think um, a lot of times parents take a fear-based parenting style. And mm. I believe rightly so, because, you know, our parents and grandparents came up in different eras where you could say things maybe were a little bit tougher. So wanting your child not to experience Uh, a lot of the traumas that they may have gone through is admirable. But I think ultimately they may have missed the fact that that may actually stunt our development in terms of um, how we learn. So there's this thing that has been circulating on the internet in terms of like progression and growth. And it's the phrase learn, unlearn, relearn, right? So you take what you learn and then you actually have to unlearn the parts that aren't beneficial and relearn new information. And I feel like that can ultimately stunt a child's development because you spend so much time in the weeds having to discern between what's correct and incorrect versus maybe a more progressive approach where you learn, expand and refine. So you spend no time going backwards. You spend Mm -hmm. time expanding from your base and then refining that base as as it expands. So the, the, the speed and velocity with which your child develops is heightened. And I think that's ultimately the goal of our parents and grandparents, obviously, to make a better version of themselves and for our generation as well. You know, when I have children, I want them to be a better version of me. So I think it's important to focus on less of a fear-based approach in terms of parenting and actually understanding that when you do let go, when you are more development focused, and you are exposing your child, you understand that children are very, very, very resilient. They actually have to learn to be in pain. Um, I wonder if um, anybody's ever seen videos of kids like, you know, young children, they'll fall on a playground or something like that. When a parent comes up to them and says, oh no, oh my God, and run That's up to them. That's when they react and start crying. You're teaching that child yep. to actually become fear-based. You're teaching them, their body may not even feel the pain, but they feel it vicariously through you by, by you running up to them and you're fearful. They're like, oh, I guess I should be fearful. You're training them and training their body 
to respond to a certain stimulus. Whereas outside of that, a kid usually laughs. You know, a kid will laugh it off, a kid, you know, fall off his bike, laugh and get right back up. If you are development focused, you basically are honing in on their ability to push through um, tough situations versus freezing or, or um, developing anxiety or fear responses. So it's important to kind of um, focus on making sure you give your kid the best chance possible. Um, I'll just add, I wouldn't say my parents necessarily lied to me, but they oftentimes omitted their personal stuff mm. out of mm. their teaching. So they could always use someone else's example as the teaching moment, but never. And I mean, right. it's funny because as an adult, and even like through my teenage years, I had aunts and uncles telling me their stories about them and stuff that they, they're like, you never heard a story of one year mom? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm laughing. And I'm like, no, I didn't hear that story. Go ahead and tell it to me. <laughs> and, you know, my brothers too, because my brothers are seven and nine years older than I am. And there's some stuff that they've heard. And they're like, I never heard that story. I'm like, I know. So they used to tell us all the time that when they were growing up, their mom and dad used to tell them A and B and they listened and their mom never had to talk to them too much. And I'm like, come on now. Like, we <laughs> all know that every child has been disobedient, that every child has done something their parent has not, has told them not to at least once or twice. And then as I got older, like I, one time I remember my dad telling the story of how his grandmother, I think, thought they were outside playing and they went and lit banana leaf like they were smoking um, marijuana. <laughs> and as a teenager, I start laughing. I'm like, you ain't never told us that story. The only story I heard is how when you turned 17, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you got that positive <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you making me. <laughs> Man, but you know, he a pastor. He a pastor. <laughs> but you know, I laugh about it now. And it's like, I take those things and I'm like, you know, they were, you know, in, in them teaching us to be obedient, they just didn't want us to know that they were disobedient. But it's like, it's okay. We all, like, we're children. Children are going to do things their parents tell them not to. That's a part of how they learn. But where the parent comes in is to correct them. So, like Gabriel said, it's like, you take those experiences, um, you laugh about them, and then you know going forward um, how to deal with your children. So because the thing is, regardless of whether or not parents tell them what they did, somebody's going to tell them. And mm -hmm. it's, do you want your child learning from the world? Do you want your child learning from someone else who's not a positive influence? Or do you want them learning from you? Because the truth is they trust their parents more when parents are transparent and honest with them that's where the, the um, strong relationship comes in. Uh, so I think it's for us now as um, we are maturing into older adults and we'll someday create our own families. Kelly has already created hers and I know Denise has already grown her kids. But you know, for us who have, don't have children, it's for us to now look at some of the things and real, see what things should we keep, what things can we modify and what things do we get rid of and not repeat and do again. You know right. what, Rachel, that's great. I know somebody else is going to tell I just want to say something on behalf of your dad. So, you know, you said that he was 17 and he got saved and baptized and accepted Jesus Christ. Well, before that, you see, the Lord was calling him, but he was talking to him through a burning bush. <laughs> you know, so he, was, he was just going through the process of being called to higher calling, but God was <laughs> through the burning bush. All right. Okay. I have to say that. 
pastor because he heard the calling through the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sister Denise, you're something else. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, like, imagine he told you that. You look like <laughs> I laughed when he's when I'm because I was probably like 16, 17. And I looked at him, and I was like, What the what? <laughs> Our family gatherings are crazy because they be telling stories like, I can see that, I cannot see that. What you mean you did that? <laughs> but it's just like, you don't have to devil in like. You know, they're always saying, oh, they're too young for this, that. Like, okay, I understand that. You don't got to go into the gory details. You don't got to tell them how, you know, example, sex. You don't got to tell them everything. You don't got to tell them parts and how to do it. You just tell them what it is. So when they do hear about it, because I remember seeing people like I was younger in uh, elementary school and like the topic finally came up in like health class and they're like, huh? And I'm over here like, yeah, my mom already told me. <laughs> I'm not, you know, y'all yeah. got to catch up mustard. Like what, what your parents telling you over there? <laughs> they're talking about the stocks bringing the baby. What stock? What stock? First of all, I was eight pounds of change. Ain't no stock bringing me nowhere. <laughs> that bird would have fell out the air. <laughs> I can't. But see, it's, it's those things that they tell these, they tell children these things and they really like take it to heart. You're right. Because they're literal at that age, they're literal. So and you want to be careful. My mommy said that if. Oh, blah, that's blah, the worst blah, part. Blah, that's the worst part they go back and tell people and you're looking at them like your mama told you what right no as a teacher i cannot tell you how many times the little kid comes up to me randomly on the playground my mom said i'm like um i didn't need to know that information but right. thank you billy go and play <laughs> oh god like not billy oh. <laughs> oh, I heard one, billy. Little, one little kid told me i my mommy said i can't I can't go in the room because they're playing a game and they were actually having, you know, doing mm. adult things, you know, having sex. But this little kid thought their mom and dad were playing because that's what mom and dad told them that they were just playing. So again, it's like they're if they walk in the room and they see that, like now you tell them that people are playing, they're gonna go to another child and think it's playing. And, and then do that on the playground exactly. and they're going to get in trouble like exactly listen this is just you don't have to tell them exactly what you're doing this is adult time you'll do this when you're an adult or however and else you want to frame it hey <laughs> don't tell them mommy and daddy are just playing <laughs> Danielle said something uh, Danielle if, if if she's still there Danielle said something about um she said a phrase that I I haven't heard that in a long time in Jamaica force ripe right oh yes that's the <laughs> culture setting back then and it's funny that she says it now that I mean it's still some parts of it still have that and the mm-hmm. narrative then is they don't need to know because they don't regard children as um what's the word I'm trying to find? Not that I would say it's important, but they don't regard children in that level where, okay, you're just a child. In other words, you're just a child, that just word. Uh So not that important. So I'm not going to tell you stuff because if I tell you, you're going to 
get too grown too quickly. You know, mm-hmm. and like um, Gabe said earlier, in a sense of a protective manner that in which they're trying to do it, but um, it just never worked. Me, I, I need to know, I tell my kids, listen, I'm not, the stove right there, I'm not telling you not to touch it. I'm gonna tell you why you're not to touch it. You touch it, you're gonna get burned, but there's a way you can touch it without getting burned, right? So I just tell them straight up point blank. I remember one time, um, we were in Jamaica, George and I and the kids, and we were at the Holiday Inn in Montego Bay, and we let them go downstairs. I mean, it's all inclusive, so they're there, whatever. And then they came back, and we noticed that they were both drunk. <laughs> like, what the, uh-huh. what the heck? They were under. They were about maybe twelve, thirteen, right? But you know, Kale, they they in Jamaica, they look at you, they look at your size, and be like, okay, whatever, right? So they were giving these kids liquor to drink. They were just drinking, or maybe they had them out, and the kids just grabbed them because it's you know, all inclusive or whatever. And I remember one time again, we were at another hotel and they told us um, about this drinking. And so what we did was we had the guy bring the thing to the table and we're like, okay, go ahead and drink it. They're like, nah, we're like, yeah, go ahead and drink it. And they drank and they're like, oh no, we don't like this. It's okay. There you go. So we were actually in a sense, not forcing them to do, but we said, if you're going to do it, just do it right here where we know. We're protected. We've always been open and honest with them. So we want you to be open and honest with us. So there's nothing that surprises us with them because they just know, hey, guys, we need to talk. So I was thinking about, uh, okay, why were you thinking about doing this? Okay, how is it going to benefit you? What's going to happen if you... So we, we're, we're like that where they can just come and say, because I don't want them to think that if you play spin the bottom, somebody touch your hand, physical touch, you're pregnant. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what mm-hmm. I was and I don't want to do that. So I just be straight up with them. And yes, there's a certain measure based on their age back then. But no, you're talking to young adults, 22 and 21. Like, what are we going to not tell them? Right. Mm-hmm. And you see, the thing about that now is that um, just to go back a point, on the point where we spoke about the playground. So you learn, you are hearing that this is a game. And then it, ha- it actually happens a lot in Jamaica um, where kids reenact sexual um, activities because they see their parents doing it and then their parents portray it as it being a game. And then when they do it in school, it is seen as inappropriate. And then that's kind of where the problem was. Not kind of, that's definitely where a problem is because their first interaction with this, remember that they think it's an innocent activity because kids are inherently innocent. And they think that it's an innocent activity, but now it's portrayed to them as something that is wrong and don't do that, don't do that. And, you know, this bag of excitement. And then the, their first interaction with this is a negative one. And then that's what will frame their entire idea of what this action is. So now they're going to think of it as something to stay be away from but not, mm-hmm. and be ashamed of. But not in not staying away from it in a positive way where you practice and you know we're talking about sex where you practice abstinence and probably if you're going to have sex like you use protection and you learn about that but you're hearing to stay away from it because it is so wrong and you should never do this especially in the Christian community they I'm pretty sure that yes it's one of the ten commandments but they make it look like at the at the point five not even the first one <laughs> and it's the most important one and even though yes we know that all sins are equal and we classify it to be a sin. It's also something that we need to learn. Like, this is how you do in the real world. 
They don't teach it, Danielle. Don't lie. They don't teach it. Well, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it's always been, especially when I talk to my grandma, because she always wants to know about my life. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I have to be like, girl, I ain't got nobody. <laughs> I ain't got nobody. First of all, you don't have to worry. Like, you don't have to worry about anything happening because, I mean... Or when they refer to boyfriend as your friend. Listen, mm-hmm. like, come on. I now. Had, listen. And you know, I, I'm actually the complete opposite because my, I don't know, my parents know I clearly I had a boyfriend before, but since then I've been single and doing my own thing. And my parents know the other day a friend came and picked me up and brought me to do errands. And my mother's like, You should have said this on your boyfriend. And she got she went to the door and she is talking to this young man and she's asking him about his, his life goals, his life journey. Jesus. And then she goes and says, so you're Daniel's boyfriend? I was Jesus. so embarrassed. I wanted the earth to swallow me up. <laughs> I wanted to be swallowed up in the same position right where I was. It was so embarrassing because this person is genuinely a friend. Even when I got back home, she's like, are you taking advantage of this boy? And, and What? And, you taking yeah, advantage? You take advantage yeah, of the boy. No, because I told her that we're not dating, like we're not talking, nothing like that. She was like, So why would he leave his house from working son for come pick you up to bring you and do all of these things? And, That's Jamaicans for you. That's a genuine just, friend. He's just a friend. And she is she's and she's like, Well, you don't tell me anything. So and I have to ask, I have to ask. I'm like, mommy, this is not how we go about this thing. You can't just go up to random boys and ask if they're my boyfriend. <laughs> Right now, now he probably wasn't even thinking that now it's planted in his head. Probably he maybe that, the, the early parts of that car ride was just so awkward. Oh my god. It was just I didn't want to believe it. But but going back to my original point of um grandparents, especially my grandmother, she's just like none of that, none of that, none of that. Focus by your book. Focus on mm-hmm, your family. Mm-hmm, focus on mm-hmm, her. Focus mm-hmm, on that. Mm-hmm, None of that. And there's mm-hmm. even, even in Jamaica, in our society, um, I can't remember the institution right now, but they posted this thing on Twitter about um, a girl. She's in. It's like a cartoon, like an animation. This girl. She's in a school uniform, and and she says the the caption says like, "Don't be." A man clone, don't be a yamed, don't be a Mm-mm. something Mm-mm. like that. Some some other terms that Jamaicans use to describe women who love man. Mm-mm. And then I say, then does I say practice abstinence? Practice abstinence. They don't even talk about like if you're gonna have sex, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna stay away from STDs or pregnancy or whatever? It's just don't have sex. Like that is the end of all sexual education in Jamaica. And that's but some of them have kids when they're like 14 and 12. So um, talk about even if talk they weren't it. not married. <laughs> and that's I what they but want. I, you know, I um need, yeah. I really need that archaic teaching. Oh wow. Danielle, I, I as a as a gents ex on here, I don't even know how to respond to that. Gabe, I'm gonna ask you, chime in and give me some give me a feedback here. <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, Daniel knocked yourself out of the park. Go ahead. <laughs> I agree. I think um, it can be a form of an unnecessary trauma if, you know, 
like the example of the children seeing a certain act done by parents and viewing it as innocent, that can imprint them into their adult life. Again, with the first interaction with sexuality being something negative or being confused about it, that creates a level of trauma to where they may carry that into their relationships. So again, in terms of parenting and, and how you deal with your children, it's important to understand that they will ultimately be traumatized by life. Life has ups and downs, ebbs and flows. But if you have the opportunity to avoid unnecessary trauma, then mm -hmm. I think we should take that opportunity. Because one other thing it lends to or leads to is the tendency to potentially keep secrets, the tendency yeah. to be dishonest with yourself and others, whether that's in relationships, whether that's friend groups, regardless, whatever, you know, and suppression. And mm -hmm. that can ultimately impact your, your physical health. So if you, again, are imprinted from a young age uh, with the tendency to suppress or to keep a secret or to be dishonest and, and you're kind of conditioned in that way, then it can kind of lead you to later mistakes or um, just habit patterns that you're not even aware of. So I think it's important in the context of parenting to try to avoid unnecessary trauma, you know? Not all trauma is bad in terms of like, well, not all trauma is avoidable, but mm -hmm. certain trauma is. And, and in terms of um, the honesty level with children, that's something that we could definitely avoid. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I was still kind of laughing at Danielle yeah. going about her grandma. Let talk, Robin, let you talk about that whole thing about um, that whole concept. And I think Rachel had mentioned that as well too, but um, we're just playing. It's serious because I remember in my era growing up, what we used to hear was that. And then what we did then was to play what we call dollhouse. And in playing mm -hmm. dollhouse, you had a husband and you had a wife. Mm -hmm. And they were doing the same thing that the real parents were doing, you know, mm -hmm. because we weren't, we weren't told the truth. So they thought it, we thought it was okay. We're playing, but no, you're actually in the act, right? Whether you're mm -hmm. clothed or not clothed, you know, you had the different versions of playing dollhouse, but that's because the truth was not told to us. Right. And again, whether it was to protect us or whether it was to say that, oh, we don't need to know this now because we're going to be too ripen as a force ripen as, as Danielle mentioned earlier or whatever reason. But it really affected us because some people I know in my childhood went through this dollhouse experience and it was it has been traumatic because uh -huh. they were forced to do things that they weren't even aware that they were doing and engaging in because they weren't told the truth about it. Uh -huh. right? So had they shared that with them, that knowledge with them, it could have avoided the situation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's just, <laughs> I was like, when Danielle was talking, it reminded me of my grandma because I remember it went from you, no boyfriend until you're married. And I used to like, at first when I was younger, I was like, okay. <laughs> but then I started getting older. I'm like, how am I supposed to have a husband without the boyfriend part? How I jumped to that <laughs> and now it's well not anymore because we had conversations now it's when you're getting married I'm like remember you told me I will I couldn't do any of that <laughs> and now you want me to do that so it's just like but I've seen I've seen the older generation like 
older than Generation X, they've, I think they see that the world has changed and comparing how they grew up to what they see now. It's just like, because my grandma's told him, we've had conversations. She's like, I wish I knew that then when I was younger and also what, um, how she raised her kids. Like, and I, you could see the difference between how my grandma was raised how she raised her kids and how my mom raised us. So like my mom was strict to a point, but she also didn't hold back and she let us have experiences as long as like it was affordable and she believed it would actually be beneficial to us. She didn't just let us go to any and any house. (laughs) You know what I mean? She, she wanted to know about the friends that we had and, um, when I got older, even now, it's just, I, I, if I'm there, she needs to know that I'm coming home, or if I'm coming home late, she needs to know, because it's just still her house, you know, like, set the boundaries, and the, uh, what you've instilled early, so they know what to do when they get older, can you imagine, imagine now we telling kids, oh, don't hold hands because you'll be pregnant. Do you know how many pregnant people there would be? That yeah. made no sense. That means I can't hold my brother's hand. I can't hold my uncle's hand. I can't <laughs> hold my cousin's hand. My, that's my best friend, you know? <laughs> the teacher or the crossing guard trying to help me across the street from the school mm-hmm. hold my hand. Oh, that's see, yeah. this, like, and then they're thinking this or like, you know, other stuff. I remember uh, my brother, like, when I was younger and I first got my period, my brother used to think I sneak into the bathroom eating candy because we didn't tell him because I'm like, you're a little boy. You don't need to know that. Now I wish we told him you younger because he would hear the rapper, the pad. He's thinking I'm in there. I would hear him say, mom, Robin's eating candy and not sharing. I'm like, boy, this ain't no candy. I don't want this. I don't want what's happening right now. <laughs> if you only knew. But wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Robin, sorry, one second. I'm sorry. I know we're getting ready to wrap up, but that just reminded oh, me Glory. of I saw on Facebook a while back. I'm sure you've seen it. Where the little boy was in the supermarket with his mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get these pads? And she said, put them back. And he's like, I remember when you used to, you, you used to wear these. <laughs> but, for your butt. it's for your butt you put it up your butt right like no yeah he would hear the rapper be he would get so mad that i was sharing candy i'm like ain't no candy in this bathroom <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but like stuff little stuff like that i feel like okay he he will never understand fully what a period is because he's not a woman but he would have known from a younger age and then a lot of the teasing boys do to girls you know that would yeah. drop a lot like that's certain, why a lot of them do it because they don't understand yeah, they don't know it and uh women's been shamed about it since timbuktu way back before yeah. christ <laughs> so you know <laughs> so i feel like once we start telling the truth, like, sir, you should be happy. Like your boyfriend teasing you about it, like, sir, you should be happy that um, this is happening. That means I am not pregnant. <laughs> you might not yes. know the whole physical thing, but you should be happy about this. Like, so I feel like certain things, okay, maybe not lie to them about it, but like, if you don't want to fully express the financial struggle you're in, you know, that's a hard thing to like describe to a child because they see you as the provider. 
maybe not go into full details of like the financials because they're not going to understand but like explain to them like we can't do this right now because whatever mommy can't afford it or something simple because they don't really care too much once you give them the answer they kind of tend to move on because our attention span back then was very short but they understood yeah (laughs) but you know why you you know once you give them like a real solid answer though they tend to move on to the next question so it's just like there's no reason to lie maybe not tell the full everything use the tact that you know and then go from there no reason to lie and traumatize and perpetuate through the generations that was my aim piece (laughs) (laughs) and trust me I was one of those kids who would say but why until my dad would say until my dad would say zed and I said, but why? <laughs> then you say A, but why? B, but why? C. So I was one of those very inquisitive <laughs> children who would ask a lot of questions. But um, in wrapping up, I just want to say that even what we're talking about mainly, and I think the major downfall that downfall that um, Black parents and probably parents overall would have, Jamaican parents especially, um, is talking to their children about sex and sexuality and it's way more than just making babies it's teaching them about their bodies and good touches and bad touches and who can touch you and who can touch you where and teaching them about their sexuality teaching them about what is appropriate at what age teaching them how to filter out certain um, information that they'll see online teaching them what's right and wrong in terms of what they see because they are exposed to the, the bottom line is they are going to be exposed to it you can't do anything to stop the exposure, but it's uh-huh. how you train them to manage what they're exposed to, teaching them what's good and what is bad, and raising them in that way that they'll be able to understand, okay, I know what my parents said about this, and I know the way that I should treat this situation, and then you see that they'll be able to make better decisions than if you tell them, don't do this, don't do that. And they're going to just want to know what is the result of doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I want to say is teaching them in stages. So I was a Jamaican mm. parents, that's, the, that's their downfall. They don't teach their children things in bite-sized pieces. They just feel like it's either them don't know or they know everything. But you mm. have to teach them. If them ask at, at, age of, at the age of six, you have to put it in a way that they'll understand it at the age of six. You can use imagery because that's how we would be able to link real life situations to um, the concepts. But you don't want to, because their minds are so literal, you don't want to say birds and bees because they're literally going to think birds and bees. Mm-hmm. And then you end up teaching them that this bird and bee and whatever. I, didn't see, I don't even know the birds and bees story, to be honest, because I never learned that. So you have to teach them in bite-sized pieces. When they get to the age of probably 13, and if they ask you again, you can tell them a bit more in-depth. You know, like when they reach 20 now, you can get more in-depth with them about it without it being, like, awkward, like my parents. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, and it's it's surprising because when when I was 17, that's when I started my first relationship, and... I would my my I was in Florida with my dad and he asked me what I like about my boyfriend 
Charles. <laughs> he's nice. And, you know, he's kind. And I, it was just so awkward sitting there. I remember we were in the food court in this mall. And it was so awkward sitting there and talking to him. And now I actually go to my dad and my grandma whenever I like a boy. Whenever I like a boy, I go to my grandma and we tell her to pray about it. So she can give me the divine intervention and let me know <laughs> if this person is right for me. I tell my grandma everything. And she always says, so I'm to the boy you did like. I'm going to say, well, it never really work out now, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as you progress, you and your child will definitely become more open in terms of discussing different topics. And even though we spent a lot of time on one topic, there are lots of other things out there. And once you get the concept, you're able to apply it to every other situation out there. So Kelly, you next. Yeah. I think I laughed majority of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this has been, it's like it's been really funny but one thing I do have to say is you guys can start to see the culture globally changing on this topic like I know Danielle you're talking we're talking about the Jamaican culture I'm literally um watching a show on on YouTube um called Chill not sure if you know about it um the Ash Company where they're literally talking about getting tested for STIs and uh, safe sex. And I'm like, this is crazy because growing up in the Jamaican culture, there would be no show talking about this. You know yep. what I'm saying? Um, and you see it in like American TV shows of how to talk about sexual trauma or racial injustice. It's like, there's so much now being brought. And I know Generation X, you guys birthed a really great generation. I'm not going it to sure did. It really did. We are I think wonderful. It really started with the millennials, <laughs> and Generation Z is like taking that that torch um, for us and moving forward. I mean, millennials are still young enough to still make a lot of headway, right? Um, but as as sad as it is, it is really awesome to see, even just within myself, what I thought parenting was as what I believe parenting is now is such a growth and such a change. And we just got to keep going. And I think, I think, I think we can get to a better place where children could actually live out healthy child lives, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I will just add and say that the biggest piece, I guess, that we can take away from all of this is rewiring the way we think so that we can teach differently. Mm -hmm. um, because you know, like we've seen over the years, whether it be academics or just the real life teaching, it's changed. And so as time evolves, you learn to be better, to do better and to teach the generation coming up behind us better ways to do things so that they can be more successful and not make the mistakes that our grandparents made or their grandparents made in teaching because it can be damaging or it can be detrimental or it can make them look foolish. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just a way to just open up our minds and realize, okay, yes, my parents did this, but this may not have been the right way. How can I do this differently? Um, and if we look at it from that perspective, I mean, even people who are older raising children now, maybe they can even look back at this podcast and say, you know what, maybe there is something I could do differently with my kids so I can do better with them than my parents did with me so that they raise them to be 
intellectual rather than just foolish and listening to foolish things that don't even make logical sense. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, for me, I, in closing, I'll just simply say that is, it is a parent responsibility not to be misleading. We have to be that person who is then um, responsible for these children's life and we enrich their lives by being honest. That's just my thing. I think we enrich their lives by being honest. Um, yes, in increments, yes, in stages, yes, in certain topics, but just the pure honesty. Um, because when you're honest with them, you save so much. You save a great deal. You save a great deal of time. You mm -hmm. save a great deal of mistakes and trial and errors that they didn't have to go through. You save a great deal of energy of fighting with them because when they find out the truth and they come back at you, that's when the rebellion starts, right? Because it's like, oh, but you told me we couldn't do this. And I found out that you did this when you were, but yet still you want to come at me like this way. And so that's when the fights and the quarrels and all the rebellion and all that stuff. But when we foster in an environment of honesty, pure honesty and trust, then we are definitely creating this genuine, intimate relationship that can propel to be so great. And we're creating great individuals because children, there's a, there's a, a song that they used to sing, say children live what they learn and they learn what they live teach them a way to love in the heart and then they will find love in the world. So it's the same thing. Children live what they learn and they learn what they live. So you are the example. You demonstrating honesty, you demonstrating purity, you demonstrating this and that. They will live that because they're seeing it and they will see it because they're living it. You know what I'm saying? So just again, just create this environment of honesty, this environment of trust, and we will then enrich the lives of these children that has been placed in our hands. Absolutely. And I think um, just in closing, I think it's important to, in order to avoid that backlash or rebellion that you're talking about, is the best way to do that is to help the children develop their relationship to truth. And the best way you can do that is obviously, like you said, fostering that honesty. But although I do agree that um, there are certain stages, and um, like it was said before, I think we should more or less give the truth in bite-sized pieces, uh, basically based on the development stage that the child may be in, because we'll understand that truth is layered and nuanced. So some things may actually go over our heads if we're a child or we're at a certain age where we can't fully grasp the concept, but regardless of what level they're at, it's important to give them something that can help them develop on their level so that ultimately they can develop their, their own personal truth. And so they so that they go into society um, and are able to stand on that, that truth and not be swayed or uh, misled. And, you know, we don't wanna be the first misleaders of our children as parents. And if we are always anchoring ourselves in our children's lives as a safe place where you can get honest feedback, then your child is more likely to uh, be able to kind of reflect that in the world in their adult life. So again, just to reiterate, I think although truth is nuanced, it is layered, um, we need to do the best job possible with exposing and refining our technique of exposing that truth to our children. Okay, man, this topic could probably go on forever, but <laughs> 
I think this was a great discussion. I think some of us got some things off our chest that we went through. (laughs) 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 The burning bush, yes, the burning bush. (laughs) 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 Um, But just to close off, if anyone has any uh stories growing up or even as a parent what you've done or what you wish you would have done better or what you learned once you've gotten older and your kids are grown and you have your grandchildren because that that tends to change too you get the grandchildren and you teach them different than your own kid that i've i've realized so you want to share your story or you chime into the conversation you know where to go it is Jen's XYZ podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can email us, Jen's XYZ podcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave a voice note on anchor.fm under our Jen's XYZ podcast. Uh, you can leave a review on all of the um, podcast platforms like Apple, and you can leave uh, words. Uh, stars thumbs up everything (laughs) and just let us know how you're enjoying us and also you can chime in and say what you would like us to talk about next too if there's something pressing that you want some advice on or what you think or what you would like how not remember my words correctly (laughs) (laughs) what opinion like if you want to hear our opinions on what you've been thinking on let us know. We'll be more than happy to contribute. And if you do leave a voice note, if with your permission, we'll be um, adding that to our next um, podcast as well. And also, if you do want to become a subscriber because you love us so much, there'll be a link <laughs> that you can uh, set a monthly uh, payment of however much you want. There's no um, maximum you have to do. It's up to you. God blessed your heart to bless us. We'll more than happily <laughs> let you know. So yeah, there'll be a link uh, with this podcast that you can subscribe and uh, sponsor. Yes, okay, so- <laughs> there's a link in every episode. Absolutely. We welcome. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. See y'all next yeah, week. Bye. See y'all next week.